Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of European radio stations. This week, Poland and Hungary find themselves on the wrong end of a definitive ruling from the EU's Luxembourg-based top court, and uncertainty remains the order of the day on the Ukraine-Russia border. On Wednesday the 17th of February, the European Court of Justice dismissed Hungary and Poland's challenge to the EU's rule of law conditionality. This was adopted at the end of 2020 to enable the Commission to cut funding to member states that fail to demonstrate the EU's values in this regard. Immediately following the ruling, which cannot be appealed, a debate took place in the European Parliament in Strasbourg. The Parliament accuses the Commission of slowing down the process and has already lodged an appeal for non-application of the regulation. But on Wednesday, the Commission told MEPs that it would need time to analyse the ruling before it could finalise its guidelines on how the mechanism was to be implemented. Instead, MEPs called on the EU executive to take immediate action to launch proceedings against Poland and Hungary. Luxembourg's national broadcaster 100.7 shares the reaction of Renew Europe's MEP Moritz Kurner. You do not want to be associated with this by doing nothing, dear Commission. Act at last. Now is not the time for guidelines. It is not the time for pen polls. It is the time to take real action and to protect the rule of law in Europe. If not, you will be in league with these forces that do not feel committed to our common values and want to keep covering up the fact that European taxpayers' money is being stolen in these member states. You will be joining forces with them. And within Poland itself, despite the clampdown, there are still judges who are prepared to stand up for what they believe in. As Igor Tuleya, one such judge who was suspended for continuing to refer to EU law, told RTBF. The authorities aim is to create a paralyzing effect in the judiciary. Hence these suspensions that show what will happen to you if you do the same thing. But despite this, there are still judges who continue to apply and refer to European law. They are the next ones who will be threatened with the guillotine. By contrast, the ruling has been met by outrage in Poland's corridors of power, with a spokesperson for the Polish government claiming that Brussels is showing a dangerous tendency to go beyond the limits of the EU treaties. Law and Justice Chair Jarosław Kaczynski used particularly strong language when discussing the decision with Polski Radio. He claims that use of the conditionality mechanism constitutes abuse and fraud on the part of the EU authorities. A process is underway in the Union today that we oppose. The process of limiting or even eliminating the sovereignty of member states. But all of this is controversial. I don't want to use the term fight here, because you shouldn't fight each other in the EU, but such a definition would not be far from the truth here. The rejection of this complaint was very predictable, especially after the Advocate General's statement. But it was pretty obvious even before that. We are faced with a tension regarding our legitimate expectation of continued support from the Union as we are rapidly approaching the point of being a net contributor, although there is still some way to go. 
we would like to continue to enjoy the same benefits as many other countries that have reached the EU average. Four months on from the Polish Constitutional Court's rejection of the primacy of EU law, the EU's response is finally starting to take shape. Michal Wawrykiewicz, a Polish lawyer who advocates for judicial freedom, expressed relief to RTBF that the EU was finally taking concrete action. The Commission always uh, expressed the concern, mm. serious concern, more serious concern. But finally, they, they took the step, filed the motion to the European Court of Justice to, to issue penalties. So now they are moving forward with the conditionality mechanism. They stopped the recovery fund for Poland. Those are very real steps showing that finally Commission said enough is enough. The latest decision was also welcomed by Bulgaria's oldest civil rights organization, the Bulgarian Helsinki Committee, part of the Berlin-based Civil Liberties Union for Europe. Over the 10 years of Boyko Borisov's government, Bulgaria was also repeatedly criticized for rule of law breaches, as Radoslav Stoyanov, the committee's legal expert, pointed out in an interview with Bulgarian National Radio. It's an open secret that some right-wing and far-right regimes, including in Poland and Hungary, are supported by EU funding. In fact, this mechanism will discipline them, because the inflow of European funds will already depend on it. This includes Bulgaria. We know that much of the corruption at the highest levels of government also relates to EU funding. So this will be very important for access to such funding. And it covers not only basic human rights and non-discrimination, but also fundamental rights, such as the rights of the accused and defendants in the criminal process, which suffered many violations by the Bulgarian authorities, especially by the prosecutor's office. But well before this latest ECJ ruling, Back on the 3rd of February, Poland's President Duda had already submitted draft legislation to dismantle his controversial Supreme Court disciplinary chamber for judges, hoping that this would bring an end to the dispute with Brussels and allow for the release of EU funding. Mariusz Antonowicz, a lecturer at Vilnius University's Institute of International Relations, thinks that it was the wider geopolitical context that lay behind Duda's preemptive decision. Antonovich was speaking to Ginu Radias. Over recent weeks, Poland has been more active, which is not unrelated to what is happening between Russia and Ukraine. It is being more active in the geopolitical space. And of course, when you want to become more active in the geopolitical space, you need to distance yourself from anything that will hold you back. The dispute over the Supreme Court reform is exactly the kind of thing that ruins relations with Western countries. It is one thing. So it is in this context that we see the president making moves to change the situation. But Duda's bill has been slammed by the country's justice ministry and numerous judges who argue that it does not solve the key problems outlined by the EU and will cause chaos. Civic Platform MEP Andrzej Haliki disagrees, arguing that Duda's proposal is an opportunity to end the dispute. So, 
This initiative gives me hope that by starting the legislative process, we will really move towards extinguishing this dispute, which is having far-reaching consequences today. Since last year, we, Poles, local governments and the Polish government too, should already have had billions of euros in our accounts. And this confrontation is costing us an unimaginable amount. Indeed, this dispute has already blocked Poland's access to 36 billion euros of EU recovery funding. And the growing internal tensions make it even harder for the bloc to agree on other issues, such as climate policy and EU-Russia relations. Hungarian Premier Viktor Orban has even suggested the issue could lead to further Brexit-like splits. BNR asked Dimitar Betchev, a senior fellow at US think tank the Atlantic Council and a lecturer at Oxford University, if he expected Warsaw or Budapest to make any move to leave the EU in the wake of this ruling. In his response, he touched on the domestic political context in Hungary in the run-up to April's parliamentary elections. Look, before an election, all sorts of things are set in all countries. In my opinion, the most important thing for Orban is that the EU, and especially EU funding, is a major driver of the Hungarian economy. I don't believe this threat to leave the EU because that would mean shooting himself in the foot, as I say in English. What is interesting in Hungary is whether Fidesz could lose the election in the end because there is a strong candidate from the United Opposition. We will find out next Ukraine is of course still topping the news this week, with many commentators asking the big question, what if this potential invasion actually comes about? If it does, the EU is looking at receiving an influx of Ukrainian migrants. But are we prepared for that eventuality? Well, it seems that a number of Eastern European countries are putting plans in place, with some Polish towns already listing vacancies and Romania considering refugee camps. In Brussels, we are also preparing for a range of scenarios, insisted Commission spokesperson Dana Spinant. We have been uh, working on preparedness in a wide-ranging sense, uh, covering all possible aspects which could be, which could unfold uh, should the, this, the situation further escalate. And indeed, migration and refugees is one of the areas which are covered by our preparedness efforts, but there is nothing specific and in detail that we can share beforehand, uh, just that um, we will be ready for um, anything that happens in this area and in others, and we will work very closely with our member states in order to provide the operational support that will be necessary at any stage. Following a suggestion by Moscow that it would be gradually withdrawing troops from the border, a semblance of calm has descended in Ukraine. But, as Estonian journalist Mik Salu told Estonian Cuckoo Radio on Monday, the 14th of February, people there are still holding their breath. In Ukraine, the situation seems to be fairly calm now. Most people do not think that there will be a war. We do not talk about it. We do not think about it. People go to the shops, go to work. There is no panic buying. The exchange rate remains stable. In fact, we forget that Ukraine has been at war for eight years. There is a low-intensity war underway in the Donbass region. They are constantly receiving news of it. Someone is shooting somewhere, someone is dying. This has created a context where people are used to the story of war here. 
the EU representative in Ukraine, Mati Masikas, said he would stay here. In fact, Estonian politicians and diplomats are upset that some Western countries have asked for their diplomats to be repatriated. What signal would it send to Ukraine for them to escape in this way? Mm-hmm. Join us again next week for more insight into the news as reported around the EU.